Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today we get a real treat as we open up the radio vault and we'll get a Messianic Minute from Larry Stamm. The Fall Prophecy Conference that was originally scheduled for Columbus, Ohio has been canceled, but it will now be an online conference. Still the same great speakers, just online. Billy Crone, Bill Federer, Greg Patton, Larry Stamm, James Collins, Dr. Kenneth Hill, and Larry Spargimino. You can watch all the sessions when you want, as often as you want, from the comfort of your home. Register today for our Fall Virtual Prophecy Conference, swrc.com, and click on Conferences. Or you can register by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Have you signed up for our new email newsletters? They are going out to thousands of inboxes every week with the latest information on current events in Bible prophecy and special video messages from our speakers. Get these email newsletters free of charge and stay informed. Sign up at swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Or simply call 1-800-652-1144. Today, let's open the radio vault and talk about Noah and the dinosaurs. Well, not that Noah. Our former host, Noah Hutchings, visiting with Michael Hoggard, talking about men walking with dinosaurs. Brother Mike, it's good to have you on the program again. Brother Hutchings, it's always a pleasure to be with you and the good folks at Southwest Radio and and like I said, we've had some good times together, and I'm thankful to the Lord that the videos that we've been producing here at our church have been such a blessing to your listeners, and we just hope we can continue to be a blessing. Your church is whereabouts, Mike? Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. We're about 30 miles straight south of St. Louis. This is the church I grew up in. I've been pastor here for about 14 years now, and looking forward to continuing on maybe another 14, 15 years or However long the Lord will have me here, that's what I want to do, and God has just given us a good ministry reaching out. We're just a small church here. We run about 50, 60 people sometimes, but God is, has extended our outreach through the videos and things like that, and we just praise the Lord for that. Those who listen to our program over Memphis or St. Louis, KJSL out of St. Louis, if you're in that neighborhood, you might want to go by and visit Brother Mike's church. You come on down, and we'll treat you really good. Amen. (laughs) Your video on evolution, I think, is the best I've ever seen on that particular subject. I'm just going to encourage everyone to get it. It'd be uh, wonderful for your church or Sunday school, and especially if you have uh, children of school age. Nobody might, according to statistics, only 10% of children, even from Christian homes, ever go to church. One of the reasons they give is that science, and they are taught in school, tells them 
that the Bible is a bunch of myths, the idea that God created man and woman and all things in heaven and earth, they, they consider that a myth, that life began eons ago, maybe when a bolt of lightning or struck a mud puddle. Of course, they don't tell us where the lightning or the mud puddle came from. But in any event, the reason that our churches are declining is uh, according to what many believe, and uh, there is an indication that it's true, it's because of what they're taught in school. They are taught that no such thing as there is a God, that everything came through the evolutionary chain, so uh, that's the way it is, and what I found out, too, Brother Mike, is that pastors no longer either have the knowledge or the courage to refute what children are being taught in school in this particular area. Well, that's true, Brother Hutchings, and, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because really the biggest reason why I felt like God was leading me to do this particular video on this particular subject was for the young people. You know, a lot of the videos that we do are more for an older adult audience, you know, that deal with the issues that are going on around the world and conspiracy theories and things like that. But this one in particular, number one, it started out as a fascination of my own as a child. I mean, I loved dinosaurs and, you know, what little boy doesn't. But I had been taught very well in our church as a young man that the Bible was right and the creation account was right and that the evolutionary scientists were wrong. And so from time to time I would be invited to speak at a church somewhere and do lectures on Bible prophecy and things like that. And every now and then these churches would have a Christian school and they'd ask me to do some sort of presentation at their Christian school. And I would always give this presentation about dinosaurs and about how man walked with dinosaurs, and it really just came as a result of, we had a youth rally sort of here in our church, and I was teaching things, and there were some adults and some kids here in our church, and I was showing them this presentation, and even some of the adults were just fascinated by this. One lady said, you know, I would love for my husband and my kids to see this thing. I wish they were here. And I told her, I said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do a video and I'll do it just for you. Well, I did the video and gave it to her and she was delighted about it. But it has turned out to be one of those things where I hope that it continues to be a blessing to people because you're right, our children, they're flooded with the occult world, the Harry Potter, the Twilight series. They're flooded with witchcraft. They're flooded with humanism. They're flooded with every vile and terrible thing in this world. And our church kids, it doesn't seem like they're being educated well enough in the Sunday school class or even in the church service to be able to combat what it is they're hearing from their school teacher or from the television or from YouTube or whatever it is they're having to deal with. They're not being taught and educated from the pulpits. And so hopefully maybe some pastors would get a hold of this information, and it was fairly easy to come across, get a hold of this information, use it as a tool to help train their church, help train their young people. I use this term, inoculate them, against what is being thrown at them from the world. And so I hope that this video would be a blessing not only to the children, but to families and to churches and pastors across this country, because we need revival, and revival begins with a belief that what the Bible says about Earth's history 
is totally 100% correct. And, you know, the Apostle Paul uh, wrote to Timothy in the first epistle, the last two verses of his first epistle, that as a pastor and a teacher, he was to beware of false science. Not true science, false science. And educate themselves a little bit. The Apostle Paul also told him to preach the whole counsel of God. Well, the whole counsel of God, it's the salvation message, but it's done in different ways, like through the creation story, through the story of the account of the flood. But preaching the whole counsel of God means teaching and training and equipping those disciples in your church to know that what the Bible said about Earth's creation, about dinosaurs and things like that, that all those things are true and the Bible's never wrong one time. Could you read the uh, first eight verses of the first chapter of Genesis? My favorite part of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. We have to believe that. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. There's your time prophecy right there. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. That's the first eight verses. Yes, and we read that God created the heavens and the earth. It used to be, even uh, in science, it was acknowledged, uh, Mike, that the moon couldn't create itself, the sun couldn't create itself, the stars couldn't create themselves. Therefore, there had to be a creator. That used to be the basic precept of science, but of course, they've gotten away from that. And we uh, read here that God created the heavens and the earth. The psalmist said it was impossible for someone to count all the stars. Well, the latest figure of the stars they have counted or estimated in the observable galaxies has been the number three with 23 zeros after it. And Mike, you know, if you started counting when you could count, say, at the age of six, and lived to be a hundred, and done nothing but count stars starting from number one to the total number of stars, even that they've seen, you couldn't count all the stars in a lifetime. You're right. Those stars are innumerable. And it's interesting you brought that up because one of the things that I deal with in this video is, and I'm trying to teach that evolutionary science is not true, and there's evidence outside of the Bible to say that it's not true. And of course, we lay the foundation in this video for what we call a young Earth. The evolutionary scientists, they start out with the Big Bang. And they say that the Big Bang, that the entire universe was collected into a very hot, very dense, ball of matter, and that about 14 to 15 billion years ago, and it's interesting how they dreamed up this number, is that about 14 to 15 billion years ago, this mass exploded. And then over the course of billions of years, that this mass and this matter 
began to form into the rudimentary shapes of stars and galaxies. And so that was the old paradigm. That's what everybody was teaching and everybody was believing. So then we launch the Hubble Space Telescope. The Hubble Space Telescope is an amazing thing, an amazing tool that we have now because the Hubble Space Telescope actually just recently was able to peer into the night sky to an area about 14 billion light years away. That's their estimation. And what they saw was, rather than seeing, of course, they believed that they were seeing the light from 14 billion years ago. Rather than seeing a massive amount of chaos and dust and space gas and particles everywhere, what they have seen, the farther that they look, what they've been able to see is perfectly formed star clusters, perfectly formed galaxies, and there are multitude billions, trillions, who knows how many of them there are. But the evidence that the universe evolved over a space of billions of years, when we look at the images coming back to us from Hubble, it looks like they instantaneously appeared in perfect order in the same condition that you and I see them now. So it lays the framework and the foundation that, number one, this science falsely so-called that you mentioned from Paul's letter to Timothy, is constantly having to change itself because of the new information and the new data that we're compiling. Whereas the Bible has always remained consistent in its message and in its story and in its verbalization of Earth and the universe history, it has never changed since God spoke the universe into creation. And you mentioned earlier about the firmament. We were talking before we started recording this about the separating of the waters, you know, separating them where God made heaven and God made the earth, and he separated the waters that were above the firmament and below the firmament. And I like this because the King James Bible uses this word firmament. Some of the new scholars, you know, they want to change everything. They say, well, you know, it's not really a firmament because it gives the idea that it's firm and it's not. Well, if you go outside, and I'm looking out my window now, and there's a cloud cover over the state of Missouri, those clouds are made up of condensed particles of water. Now, you probably know as well as I do, you probably come from a time where you had to carry water into your home. And water is heavy. The amount of water that's contained in just a normal puffy white cloud that you would see go by, it's amazingly heavy. Not to mention the cloud cover that you know we have over us right now. That water up there is immensely heavy. What's holding it up? It's a firm amount that is holding it up. And so we believe that when God originally created the earth, here in Genesis chapter 1, that he took waters and he divided them. So we have earth-based water, and then we have what we see from the scriptures, what you had mentioned and Dr. Carl Ball had mentioned, and I believe, was a vapor canopy that surrounded the earth prior to the flood. Because we get into Genesis chapter 2, and the Bible says in verse 5, the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. So here we have, before the flood of Genesis chapter 7, we have a massive amount of water under the ground, and it's seeping up through the surface of the earth as a mist. We also know that there was a water canopy that surrounded the earth 
that was being held up there by the firmament and that there was no cause for rain. So you had a vapor canopy, you probably had the shielding effects of that canopy, in other words, some of the harmful rays from the sun not being able to penetrate that. You had lush vegetation nearly every place on the earth, and that's something that the fossil record absolutely bears witness to, is that even places extremely north and extremely south, you have at one time, we know for a fact that those areas were very temperate in their climate, and they had lush vegetation. That's what you would have if you had a vapor canopy that surrounded the entire earth. And so the idea is that we get from the scripture is that, of course, when Genesis 7 comes along and God decides that he is going to destroy the earth, and remember, we look at creation as a prophecy because Jesus said as it was in the days of Noah, and we know that God is going to judge the earth once again, and so in Genesis 7, the Bible says that that water that flooded the earth came from two sources. Number one, the fountains of the great deep opened up, and there's that water that is supplying the mist that God spoke about in Genesis chapter 2, and then the vapor canopy literally collapses on the earth, and great amounts of rain are falling down from the sky, and God had sent his word through Noah to mankind as a warning that his spirit would not always strive with man. Unfortunately, man didn't listen. And so one of the things that I really bring out in this video is an important idea. The Bible is a book of prophecy, and the most important prophecy that concerns you or I or anybody else out there, Brother Hutchings, is where are we going to spend eternity? We know the Bible says that when we are saved, we are a new creature or a new creation. David said in Psalm 51, created me a clean heart, O God. So we believe that God has the power to recreate us so that we could spend eternity in heaven. And here's a very, very important point that I want to make right off the bat, is that if we can't trust the Bible for what it says about the past, how can we trust the Bible for what it says about the future. And so I think it is vitally important that we learn, study, understand as best as we can. And I try to keep these things very simple because I'm not a genius and I'm not a scientist. So I try to keep it very simple that youngsters can understand is that they can believe the Bible when it speaks of the creation, when it speaks of certain dinosaurs. And the Bible actually mentions dinosaurs in it. So these young people in order to believe the future of the Bible, they know that they can believe the historical accounts of the Bible. Brother Mike, as we look at the world before the flood, when the waters were separated, some above the firmament and some below the firmament, maybe a mile or two up above the earth were part of the waters, but we read that man multiplied over the face of the earth. We know that there were seas because God made great whales, but I don't think there were oceans before the flood as we have now, because how would man multiply over the face of the earth if there were oceans separating them at that time? So I don't think the oceans were as extensive as they were then. We read that Cain went out and built a city, so we would certainly assume 
it stands to reason that if man had multiplied over the face of the earth, there were other cities besides the one that Cain built. There may have been cities all over the earth. You know, I was watching the Discovery Channel recently. They had divers in seas and ocean probes going down taking pictures. And there are cities down on the ocean floor. There's one off of Cuba. They know it's about a half a mile deep in the ocean. There's cities off of Japan, off of South America, off of Greece. So you can see these cities. They are cities. They're buildings. You can see them. Now, does our book tell the students how long ago those cities existed? Who built those cities? Where those cities came from? They don't, do they? No, they don't. And I was listening to you say that. You know, Al Gore probably would say that they're buried underwater because of global warming and the ice caps melted and things like that. But you're right. Cain built a city in honor of his son. And we know that there were cities before the flood. Peter talked about the world that then was, and there was a lot of people, there was probably civilizations. My mind always goes to, and this is an area of research that I'm really looking forward to getting into, this so-called myth of Atlantis, this idea that there was a vast civilization, and then all of a sudden this civilization vanished underneath a large amount of water. And my theory is, could it not be that these myths and stories about this city called Atlantis would be, in fact, those civilizations that existed prior to the flood. We know from Genesis chapter 6, and we've talked about this before, the mingling of the sons of God and the daughters of men and the giants and things like that. And so we know that there could very well have been some extremely advanced civilizations back during this time that right now, and like you mentioned, the Discovery Channel, finding all these cities buried under the water, to me, is a testimony of the truthfulness that God flooded the earth and destroyed these civilizations because of their wickedness back then. Certainly. You'll want to get this DVD by Brother Hoggard, and it'd be exciting to show it to your church, your Sunday school, or class, or your own children at home. You can get the complete conversation of Men Walking with Dinosaurs on CD by calling one 800 652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. The Resource Center today is offering the DVD, Man Walked with Dinosaurs, by Michael Hoggard. In this DVD, Pastor Hoggard proves through Scripture, backed by real science, that man and dinosaurs lived on this earth at the same time. This DVD is a must-see for every Christian. Get your copy of Man Walked with Dinosaurs for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online swrc.com. It's time for a Messianic Minute with Larry Stamm. Larry Stamm has a brand new book coming out next month entitled Jewish Roots of Christianity. This brand new book is a biblical survey of redemptive history from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Be listening for the launch of this brand new resource, Jewish Roots of Christianity by Larry Stamm. 
Shalom, friends. Larry Stamm here with the Messianic Minute, Biblical Connections Through a Jewish Lens. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This wonderful truth penned by David in Psalm 23, 1, describes the loving care of God for his people, depicted in this phrase and elsewhere as sheep. In the New Testament, Jesus declared he was the good shepherd in John 10, 11, and verse 14. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Just as actual sheep are completely dependent upon their shepherd, so we as God's children are completely dependent upon the Lord, the Good Shepherd, for He protects us and provides for us in all ways. Praise Jesus, our Good Shepherd, for all His blessings bestowed upon us, the sheep of His pasture. For more connections, visit our website at LarryStam.org or see our Larry Stam Ministries Facebook page. Don't forget our special resource today, the DVD, Man Walked with Dinosaurs, by Michael Hoggard. In this DVD, Pastor Hoggard proves that man and dinosaurs lived on this earth at the same time. Be sure and get your copy of Man Walked with Dinosaurs for a gift of $20 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's one 800 652-1144. You can also order this powerful resource online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. And when you visit our website, be sure and check out the more than 800 prophecy-related items, books, and DVDs there for you, your Sunday school, small group, homeschool, class, or just for yourself. Check it out, swrc.com. My friends, we are here on the radio, online, and now podcasting around the world, bringing sense to the nonsense. And we're able to do this because of your prayers and financial support. When you purchase a book or DVD, when you attend a conference, you are helping us spread the truth that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Thank you. And know, in this time, we need your financial support. Your sustaining monthly gifts keep us on the air. Your one-time gifts your legacy donations, all of that goes to continuing to proclaim the good news here on Watchmen on the Wall. Would you prayerfully consider giving a financial gift today? You can give by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also give securely online, swrc.com. And be sure to take Watchmen on the Wall with you. Subscribe to our daily podcast wherever you get your podcast. And be sure to tune in next week when we bring clarity to the chaos and proclaim that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. 
swrc.com. That's swrc.com.